Okay. Praise God. Hello, Zoom. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. So, will, will you join me in saying hello to the Zoomers on the count of three? One, two, three. Hello, hello Zoomers. Zoomers. Praise God. Good to have you join us this morning. We just pray that you uh, would in, enjoy the, the Spirit of the Lord, the presence of God. So, Heavenly Father, we ask that as we come before you this morning, that as we read your word, that, Father, you would take these words and break them as bread to our spirit, that, Lord, there would be something in here for everyone. Lord, it's it's familiar stuff, but, Lord, there's nothing new under the heaven, Lord. You've said in your word, uh, Lord. And so we ask, God, that there would be an anointing upon this word, that there would be an impartation of the spirit of life, that you would speak to us. Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to obey and draw close to you. So, Father, we pray your blessing upon this word and upon our time together, upon each and every one of us. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I'm reading from Psalm 86. And uh, I'm just going to read from the Living Bible, as I said. It said, Bow down and hear my prayer, O Lord, and answer me, for I am in deep trouble. Protect me from death, for I try to follow all your laws. Save me, for I'm serving you and trusting you. Be merciful, O Lord, for I am looking up to you in constant hope. Give me happiness, O Lord, for I worship you. O Lord, you are so good and kind, so ready to forgive, so full of mercy for all who ask your aid. Listen closely to my prayer, O God. Hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever trouble strikes and you will help me. Where among the heathen gods is there any god like you? Where are their miracles? All nations and you may each one of them will come and bow before you. Lord and praise your great and holy name. For you are great and do miracles. You alone are God. Tell me you that want to go. Tell me where to go and I will go there. May every fiber of my being unite in reverence to your name. That just strikes such a chord in my spirit. Let me read that last verse again. Tell me where to go, and I will go there. May every fiber of my being unite in reverence to your name. With all my heart, I will praise you. I will give glory to your name forever. For you love me so much. You you are constantly so kind. You have rescued me from the deepest hell. Oh God, proud and insolent men defy me. Violent, godless men are trying to kill me. But you are merciful and gentle, Lord. Slow in getting angry. Full of constant loving kindness and of truth. So look down in pity and grant strength to your servant and save me. Send me a sign of your favor when those who hate me see it. They will lose face because you help and comfort me. Hallelujah. I love that. I, I, I hope that blessed you as much as it did me. It's a, a, just a beautiful rendition of, of, of the heart of God. And there's so much we could pull out of that, that little psalm um, that we'll never get to cover. But the, the truth is, I just felt that, you know, we all go through trials and tribulations, don't we? It's like, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You know, when I first got saved, I thought, oh, when I'm mature, I won't have to deal with all these issues, you know. But they never stop, do they? They, no, they, they, just, get more. <laughs> they just keep on piling up 
one on top of the other. And it's it's really difficult to understand, um, you know, what, what that's like. And Job actually says in Job 7, 5, he says, you know, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upwards. And if you've ever sit around, sit around a campfire, you know that when the sparks fly, when they explode, they all go up. He says, well, that's just like man. We just, we're born to trouble. And, uh, you know, I, I think we can all identify it. But in this particular psalm, there's a, there's a pattern for how to walk in victory. Because as we look at David's life, we saw that he was a particularly successful king. He was really anointed of God. And so this is one of his psalms. And, and uh, you know, we, we all have to uh, learn from, from the scriptures and because we all deal with, with different difficulties. You know, there may be uh, troubles with your spouse or with your children, uh, with your finances, with your health, who knows what it is, maybe a work partner that's been absolutely rebellious and nasty to get on difficult relationships, they just never cease. So as we look at the psalm, I want to draw out a couple of things, and uh, the first thing I, I want you to, to see is that, that this was done to a man after God's own heart. He was experiencing trials and tribulations, even though the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. So even though he was so close to God, he still had these difficulties to deal with. And he says, God had pity for me, for I'm in deep trouble. In other words, I'm overwhelmed. And he had that feeling like, God, I can't cope. Anybody ever been in that situation? I hope we, we, have, we don't have to experience that too often, but it comes our way. And so we, we need to look at that. This is exactly where David was. He's feeling like he can't cope. Arrogant and proud, violent men have risen up. They seek to kill me. That's pressure. I've had trouble before, but I've never had somebody literally wanting to kill me, to hunt me. And, and you know, he was hunted like a criminal. There was a bounty on his head. It was like the mob are after him. Didn't matter where he went, the mob were after him with a price on his head. And they were trying to kill him. That's not easy. These were bloodthirsty, godless men who would stop at nothing and do anything to kill David. As I looked at his problems and I looked at mine, I thought, thank you, God, for my problems. I think it's one of the first times I've, uh, I've actually thanked God wholeheartedly uh, for my problems. How about you? I'd rather have my problems than what David was dealing with. But in this particular psalm, we see that there are these issues that he digs out and uh, these coping mechanisms, if you like. So how did David overcome? He seriously and consistently sought the Lord. When you're in trouble, that is a very good thing to practice because God is your answer. Can I have an amen? amen. See, look at notice verse 1 and 2. It says, bend down, thy, bend down and hear my prayer. O Lord, and answer me, for I am in deep trouble. Protect me from death, for I will try to follow all your laws. <coughs> Save me, for I am serving you and trusting you. David does two things. And whenever we're in trouble, we ought to do the same two things. The first thing is he prayed about everything. And that for us, I'm sure, is a natural reaction. Whenever we're in trouble, we turn to the Lord in prayer. And that, that is one of the things that David did, and it was uh, what he did. But secondly, he sought the Lord with a, a real intensity, you know. Um, he he uh, recognized that intimacy was key to victory. Intimacy with the Lord was pivotal to hit the outcome of his circumstance. 
And I, I wonder if we, we really recognize that how important this is, that our, our intimacy, our fellowship with God in a time of trouble is really the key to our deliverance. <coughs> Beg your pardon. I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm coughing so much these days, but um, this intimacy with God is absolutely vital. And so he, he's drawn close to the Lord. Remember, uh, he, David also wrote these words. He says, God is my refuge and my strength. So he knew where to go in times of trouble. How close do we come to God? What do we do to actually draw close to God when, when things are going wrong? How do we actually uh, get into God's presence? And I think, David, fortunately for us, we can come into the Holy of Holies anytime we want. You know, and it's important that when things are going wrong, that we do come into God's presence. Because he said in Psalm 46, one, God is my refuge and my strength. I bear your present help in times of trouble. <laughs> Excuse me. That word refuge is the word machase. And machase means, the root of that means to run to a place of protection. And um, so that's, this is what David is saying. Run to your place of protection. Because why? And he's saying, God is my refuge. He's saying, God is my strong tower, my mighty fortress, uh, you know, my, my refuge and my strength. And so he's saying, when, whenever you're in trouble, draw close to the Lord, as close as you can get. You know, whatever that means, you know, fasting, praying, worshipping, as we'll see. I remember a few years ago, um, uh, probably seven, eight years ago, uh, we were in a very, very difficult situation. We stood to lose our house through no fault of our own, and we could have lost everything, all the all the... 25 years of paying mortgages and everything was about to be turned to <clears throat> to rubble. And so it was an incredibly stressful time. You know, it was uh, all going to go up and smoke and uh, we would have been left with absolutely nothing. And uh, for legal reasons, I, I, I can't say any more about that particular instance. But I'm telling you, that was one of the most intense times of my life. It was a, 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 a such a... Uh, a worry. It was fearful when, when you think of everything that you worked for for 25 or 30 years and you're going to end up with absolutely nothing. You know, you think, oh God, this, this is, and it was a very real possibility that we, we could be in that situation. And I tell you, if it had not been for the Lord, I don't think Fee and I would have made it through that. God is our constant savior. You know, he, he was there. He gave us hope in the darkness. You know, He gave us strength when we feel like, felt like we couldn't go on. You know, He comforted us in times. Uh, of brokenness, and he gave us faith. <laughs> so what am I saying to you? When all hell breaks loose, you just got to get into the presence of the Lord like never before. Seek God with everything that you have. Let the Lord be your refuge, your machase, your, your place where you can find shelter and strength. When you're in time of trouble, set time aside to seriously draw close to God. You know, have a, a committed time, a time where you say every day, Lord, during this time of uh, absolute devastation, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be seeking your face. So draw close to the Lord with all your life. And the second thing he did uh, was David examined his life. He said, I tried to follow your laws. He said, we're saying in effect, Lord, I'm seriously trying to practice my faith. I'm trying to follow you. I'm so glad that he said it that way. 
He didn't say, Lord, I'm perfect. And so, you know, you, you can save me anytime you like. No, he, he, he knew his shortcomings. He knew that uh, these things weren't exactly right in his life. And, uh, you know, he said, Lord, I'm trying to do this. And uh, I'm trying to follow your laws. Because he probably understood from the Torah, the first five books of, uh, of the Bible, that uh, the, the blessing that, that accompanies the obedient. And uh, I want to just read you a couple of verses from this uh, passage of scripture in Leviticus uh, chapter 26. You think, are there any good verses in, in Leviticus? You know, um, those of you who read Leviticus might, may wonder that question. But this is a beautiful, beautiful chapter. We haven't got time. You could do a real study just on this on this particular chapter. But Leviticus chapter uh, 26, verses 3 through 5. If you follow my decrees and carefully obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season, and the ground will yield its crops, and the trees of the field their fruit. Your threshing will continue until the grape harvest, and the grape harvest will continue until the planting. And you will have all the food you want and live in safety in the land. That's the promise that David needed above all, to live in safety. And the key to that was being obedient to the Lord. Matt, there are so many blessings in that in that particular chapter, but there are many fruits of obedience. One of them is God's divine protection. When we are serving the Lord and honoring the Lord, you can rest assured that God's protection will be upon us. Can you say amen? amen. So it's important that we understand uh, that we do that. We are obedient to the Lord. And in fact, Paul tells us in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourselves whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So he's saying, you know, because these attacks come to us, even, even the, the most spiritual of us get, get attacked. He's saying, test yourself, check, examine your life. Are there any open doors for the enemy to gain access? Uh, I, I'll be the first to say I'm not perfect. How about you? Okay. So sometimes there are open doors in our life. And so we need to make sure that when we're under attack, that we examine our life and say, Lord, what's going on? Let me have a look, see um, what's going on. If I, um, am I living carelessly? If I am, I'm opening doors to the enemy. The one thing I've learned is that, you know, um, the enemy is always looking for ways to sabotage my life or, or, or the ministry. Whatever, whatever is precious to me, the enemy is always out to destroy. Have you noticed that? You know, he, he's after our family because they're precious to us. He's, he's always looking. Um, and so the New Testament actually gives us a, a real admonition. And this is another very rich verse, uh, which we won't be able to fully explore today. But in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4 and verse 27, it says, Do not give uh, a, the devil a foothold. Uh, in, in the King James, says, neither give place to the devil. It's very interesting, this word place, because this word place uh, in the Greek is, is, is the word topos. And, and topos is where we get the idea of topography from, the map drawing. So a topographer is somebody who draws maps, and it comes directly from this word topos. So do not give the devil a place, a topos, um, that you can map out. It refers to a very specific place, um, a marked off location, or a foothold. And as I said, it's where we get our English word topography from. So uh, what does the devil uh, 
what gives the devil place or access into our life? Okay, this opportunity or a foothold. It's his map. It's a map of all our weak points. The devil takes note of where you are vulnerable. Have you ever noticed and wondered why he so successfully overcomes us time and time again? Why? Because he's got a map. He knows your weak points. He knows where you're vulnerable. And he attacks us there over and over again because he knows uh, that if he attacks at that place, you're going to fall. So, you know, this is what the Bible is saying. Don't give the, the devil this opportunity. Don't give him a foothold. Don't give him a place uh, where he can attack you. So how does he attack us? He attacks us through our relationship, through our finances, through our digital life, TV, computers, telephones. And, you know, he's got a way into our life. Or lingering areas of disobedience. He gets us there. Whatever is identified, uh, this is an identifiable location that the enemy has. Okay, And he seeks to find it and to map it and exploit it as an open door. And so we, we need to be very aware that when, when in the midst of the battle, we need to examine our life and say, Lord, is there anything going on in my life that's displeasing to you? You know, check yourself because that's many times there's an open door and the enemy is gaining access into our life through our, our behavior. And that's why Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walketh around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour everyone, but he's looking for those who are careless. He's looking for those who are not living by the covenant. He's looking for those that, that are, are uh, leaving open doors everywhere. And Paul, again, warns us in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 10. He says, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed and destroyed by the destroying angel. Grumbling, murmuring, complaining, is that you? Watch out. That's an open door that the devil seeks to exploit. Ingratitude opens the door to the destroying angel. I have got to constantly remind myself, and, and I thank God for my wife because she's very grateful. And I, I tend not to be that way intuitively. And I, I'm always reminded when she thinks, oh, Lord, let me be grateful. Thank you for all the things that you've given me. Because ingratitude opens the doors to a destroying angel. Ingratitude is um, really important in our life that we don't fall into that trap. Who is the destroying angel? It's the devil, of course. He's the guy who comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. James also warns us, uh, in the New Testament, in, in James 3.16, he says, We're hammering and strifers. There is confusion and every evil work. And so if, if, we, if we are living in strife with, with our mate, if we're living in strife with our kids, you know, it's an open door for the enemy. We've got to be loving and gracious. Amen. And God, I need that help. I need that grace to be kind and gracious and loving to, to those who, uh, you know, would rub my fur the wrong way. I put it that way. So, you know, that's an open door. Whether it's grumbling, envy, strife, unforgiveness, it's a big one. Any kind of sin really is an open door uh, that the enemy will take advantage of and make our life difficult. So if you're going through a difficult time, check your life, examine your life. David passed the test. This is the this is the beauty because he's giving us a tried and tested plan in, in the psalm. He passed the test and uh, he said, save me for I'm serving you and trusting you. 
What is it David actually doing when he is saying that? He is appealing to the covenant he has with God. He says, God, I'm appealing to the covenant. I'm, say, I'm serving you. I'm trusting you. And it's all going to be okay, Lord. I know that that will be all right. So uh, God really did that. So you want to defeat the schemes of the devil in your life? Would you like to do that? Walk according to the covenant. Walk in Christ's righteousness. Claim your inheritance as a child of God. Plead the blood of Jesus over the enemy. If you do that, the, 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 every door in your life will be locked. And across it will be written the sign, property of Jesus Christ, no access. Devil, you're not, you're not permitted in here. Amen? If we do that, God's going to bless us and look after us. So, instead of grumbling, what do we do? We speak the word. We declare blessings over our life. Uh, we, we declare uh, that, that we are, are the children of God, and we speak life into every situation. I want to read you something that I came across. It's just very short, but it, it's what we're talking about. It says, if the door is closed, you are already in good condition. If it's locked because you're living a life of holiness and obedience, you are even in better condition. But if you are living loosely, you need to know that the door is not only unlocked, it's likely standing wide open, literally inviting the enemy to come in and wreak havoc in your life. This is why you must be so careful in answering this question. Are there any open doors that I need to close uh, that allow the enemy access into my life? You know, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for his mercy when we repent, because we all have open doors. There's, there's never a time that we're living perfectly and don't have to repent of anything. But if we're under attack, the first thing we've got to do is say, Lord, are there any open doors in my life? And then so let's repent and let's plead the blood of Jesus, because if we do that, we will walk in victory. Can I have an amen? Amen. Excuse me. I do apologize. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, what does James say to us? He said, Submit yourself therefore to, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee for you. So, when we're in this battle, come and submit yourself unto God. Check your life. Is there anything that's going on that shouldn't be? If there is, repent, wash yourself in the blood of Jesus, and then submit yourself unto God. Because if we're submitted unto God, how many know that the power of God flows through us? That the devil then is on the run. He's on the defensive because we are the children of God. So he said, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. What else did David do for victory? Listen to this. Psalm 86, our text, verse 3. Be merciful, O Lord, for I am looking to you in constant hope. Essentially, David guarded his heart. He was going through an absolute horrific situation, but he guarded his heart. David knows that he's in deep trouble. And he could have easily sunk into depression and, 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 and said, oh, God, this is too difficult. I can't, I can't overcome this. This is too, um, too bad. I'm, I'm hopeless. I'm dejected. He could have gone that way. You know, he could have been overwhelmed by fear. These men were, were seeking blood. They wanted his life. And I'm sure that in the human part of David's experience was the thought, maybe I should give up. <laughs> After all, these are violent, godless men, bloodthirsty men who want to, will not stop until I'm destroyed. They have no mercy or compassion. 
Let's just get it over it. David could have gone down that road. That would be a very human response, but David didn't. Is that what he did? He said, no. He said, I'm looking to you in constant hope. Hallelujah. I'm looking to you in constant hope. You know, here his life is literally hanging by threads with everybody hunting him, bloodthirsty men. He says, Lord, I'm hoping in you. He's not depressed. He's not overcome. He's trusting in the Lord. What was he doing? He was guarding his heart for starters. He was renewing his mind. He's exercising faith in the goodness of God. He knows that God is his protection. He knows that God is his shelter. David understands that he's serving the God of hope. You know, when we're going through difficult times, we must almost remember who we serve. We must never forget that all things are possible for our God, regardless of what, it, what we're going through. We must never forget that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Look at verse 10. It says, for you are great and do great miracles. You know, God miraculously used David. And he's an Old Testament man. We are anointed of the Holy Spirit. How much more will God use us? Amen. How much more will the blessings of God chase us down and to overtake us? Because we're in the new covenant with better promises. We can do this because of God's greatness. He, David writes in Psalm 42 and verse 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? You know, there's this ongoing battle in his life and he's finding it difficult. Why art thou disquieted? Why are you disturbed within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who hath the health of my countenance and my God. David is practicing what he preaches. He's an authentic believer. I love that about him. You know, he says, hope thou in God. His world is falling to pieces. <clears throat> he's battling. He's He's tired. And he says, hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. What a wonderful God we serve. He's facing all these incredible difficulties. And he's hoping in God. See, David understood who he serves. And I sometimes wonder if we lose sight of the fact of the greatness and the majesty of our God in our circumstances. Because somehow my life is more important to than anybody else's life in, in, in the scriptures. Have you noticed that? I'm, I'm, very, I'm very intense on my life. You know? And I think he got, you know. He knew that God, that David knew that God was his hope and that he had delivered it, you know. David constantly reminded himself of the greatness and, and God's mighty power. David believed that there was nothing too hard for the Lord. If he can make a donkey speak and, and part the seas, and, you know, some of you are laughing now because you think he's doing it again, that ass is speaking again. You know, <laughs> He knew that, that God was his savior and deliverer. We've all been in those places when we feel overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. You feel fatigued and drained. Even great men have been in that situation. You're not alone when you experience that. Remember uh, how Paul was really struggling at one stage. In 2 Corinthians 1.8, we see what was going on in Paul's life. And it was incredibly pressurized. Verse 8 says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered <clears throat> in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Will you say great pressure? Great pressure. Okay. Anybody under great pressure? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. We were under great pressure, 
far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. He was thinking, man, we're not going to get out of the situation alive. That's how pressurized he was. He was really struggling. <clears throat> Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope. Isn't this the very same thing that David did when his life was in peril? Now now Paul's life is in peril. And he says, hey, man, I'm never going to lose sight of the fact that God is my hope. I'm going to come through this victoriously because God is my savior, my healer, my director. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care what the devil does. He is a defeated foe. Can you say amen? amen. So we see that very clearly. Paul says, uh, 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 we have set our hope on him. In another place. Uh, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, 19, and I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, my grace, God is speaking, and he's saying, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Thank you, God. It doesn't depend on me. The victory doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. It, God's power is made perfect in my weakness, in my, my fallible humanity. God says, I can break through that and I can bring you to a place of victory. I am your machase. I am your strong tower. I am your place of refuge. Don't lose hope in a time of testing. Discipline your mind. Hope thou in God. Folks, you know, this, this is easy to say, but we need to do that in reality. When, when, when the storm is raging, don't lose hope. Because God is our savior, our healer, and our deliverer. Amen. We can trust in the Lord to do that for us. So, trust in the Lord. Hope thou in God. His grace will carry us through whatever we experience. The last thing I want to look at this morning, and we'll be done in, in, in about two minutes. The last thing we'll look at is worship. In the day of distress, don't forget to worship. It's the last thing you feel like doing, isn't it, if you're honest? It's the last thing we feel like doing. But it is a powerful weapon at our disposal. Perhaps one of the most important things we can do when all hell is breaking loose against us is to begin to worship the Lord. Get things in perspective. Remember the greatness of our God. Worship Him. Psalm 34, 9, David again writes, Worship God. This is in the Message Bible. It's a little bit different, but it's beautiful. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens the doors to God's goodness. I love that. Worship opens the doors to God's goodness. You want to experience God's blessing and His bless. You want to see victory in, in times of defeat. You want to see God's provision, His wisdom, His guidance. Whatever you need, worship the Lord opens the doors to God's best. <coughs> this is one door that we are allowed to open. Worship is a powerful weapon because it ushers in the presence of God like nothing else. God appreciates being worshipped, don't you think? God really does that. Why? Because in the streams of God's presence, when we get into God's presence, our deepest thirsts are quenched. In God's presence, our deepest thirsts are quenched. Our wounds are healed. Our strength is renewed. Our joy is fulfilled. And we are placed far beyond the reach of the enemy. 
worship. Precious is the worship of his saints. Listen to this that David wrote in First Chronicles 29.10. And I'm just going to read this. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted above, head above all. Both riches and honor come from thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, O God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Hallelujah. David worshipped the Lord. What happened? You look at David. He Did he get obliterated by those bloodthirsty killers? No. God exalted him and placed him on the throne of Israel. God's anointing came. Why? Because David was a worshipper. David prayed. He was a, he, he was a prayer warrior. He was a man after God's own heart. It was amazing. Just one more verse uh, that I'll share with you. Psalm 86, verse 11. Our text says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. That word fear is, is the Hebrew word yare. And, and yare, actually, at the root of that means to worship. It's to revere. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, even though in the King James it's not really clear, it sounds like you need to fear the Lord, but he's saying worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Uh, and in fact, I love the amplified of that particular verse. It says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth. Direct and unite my heart solely, reverently, to fear and to honor your name. And again, the Living Bible that we started at this morning. May every fiber of my being unite in reverence to your name. Worshiping. Worshiping God. Man, you want to get a, a, a spiritual injection of God's glory and power into your spiritual life? Start to worship. Start to worship the Lord because all good things stem from just being in God's presence. God inhabits the praises of his people. And as we come into his presence and we worship the Lord, then uh, his presence heals and grants, uh, heals our thirst and heals our wounds and does all these wonderful things. Why is it so important? Remember in the Exodus when the Amalekites attacked Israel without cause? Remember? Aaron and her held up Moses' hands in an act of worship. And when they were worshipping, when his hands were lifted up, what happened? Israel overcame the Amalekites, didn't they? And when their hands came down, the Amalekites were prevailing. What's that saying to us? When we worship God, when we give over ourselves and abandon ourselves to worshipping God, we will walk in victory. We will walk in victory. Worship is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I, it's one of the most blessed things, I believe, in, in the Christian life, this side of heaven, when we truly can get lost in worship, when we just abandon ourselves to worship the Lord. It's an amazing thing. Breakthrough comes. This act of worship brought victory to the people of God. Never underestimate the power of worship. Still, it's a New Testament principle. Did you know that? It's a New Testament principle. Giving a thanks Praise, worship still leads us to victory. Paul wrote in Second Corinthians, Now thanks be to God who always leads us 
in triumph. So as we praise and as we thank God and as we worship God, God inhabits the praises of us, our praises, and he restores and fulfills and blesses and ministers to us and leads us in paths of triumph. I believe this is, there's not a scripture, this is just my personal um, conviction of what I've seen through experience. I believe that there's a correlation released between the amount of worship, how difficult it is to worship, and God's blessing and anointing. I believe when we abandon ourselves, when we are in a totally hopeless situation and we just abandon everything and say, God, I just worship you. You are the great God. You're this. And just when we come into that place of worship, even though our heart and is breaking and everything is going wrong and nothing seems to be right. When we worship like that, I believe God's presence comes in a very powerful way. And it, it, it almost seems to be commensurate with the degree of difficulty because the natural man doesn't want to worship God in a time of devastation. I remember, and I close with the story, this person, this couple, this African couple were living in England. And long story short, uh, they they had sent their child to England to a relative um, who had um, promised to take care and educate her in England. And the long and the short of it, he abused her incredibly, burnt her with cigarettes and, and broke bones. And this is a this is a very young girl, and ultimately, um, I've got to be careful. So ultimately, she didn't make it, and. Um, the parents came on onto TV and they were interviewing. And they said, "How do you feel? I mean, what kind of stupid question does a reporter say? Say, you know, ask that." And 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 this mother and, and father broke down and said, "We forgive this man, and we love him, and we 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 you know he's not in his right mind, but we have chosen to forgive." And something in my spirit just jumped off. God. How shallow am I? How shallow am I when this person can can have their child terminated and they are prepared to forgive and love and, and worship the Lord? And that's all they did. They just said, so how are you getting by? We're worshiping the Lord. Never forget it. It impacted my life. So let me, let me close. What do we do in times of trouble when all hell's breaking loose against us? Pray about everything. Draw close to the Lord. Seek Him with all your heart. Renew your mind by disciplining yourself to hope in God. Worship for victory. Even when you don't want to worship, God will bring us to that place of absolute victory and deliverance. Just bow our heads in a word of prayer. I don't know if you've been going through something that is incredibly difficult. You feel overwhelmed. If you feel like life's not really um, giving you a fair deal, it's really tough at times. And I just wonder if, as all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I wonder if there's anybody here who'd say, man, I'm going through a tough time. I just really need some help. If that's you, I'd just raise your hand where you are. I'd consider it a privilege to pray for you. Just, oh, I see hands going up all over the place. Hallelujah. Um, 
And those of you who haven't raised your hands, join with me in prayer as we pray. Let me say, I, I want to raise my hand. I, I would value your prayers as well. So let, let's just pray for our brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, you've seen the cry that is issued from your people this morning. You know that the depths of despair, you know the difficulties that they're encountering. And Lord, we, we ask that you would wrap your loving arms around about them. Be merciful to them. Love them. Lavish your love upon them in a new and particularly special way at this time. I pray, Father, that, Lord, even as they are experiencing this deep travail, this onslaught of, of, of evil and difficulty and hardship in their life, that as they begin to practice the things that David did in the psalm, that, Lord, you would bring them through to a glorious place of rest where their boundary lines will fall in pleasant places. Lord, that you would bring them to a place of blessing and anointing. So I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for myself, Lord, that we would all begin to practice this week to take these principles about renewing our mind, be disciplining ourselves to hope in the Lord and to, to not to grumble, but to, to speak the words of life over our circumstances. So, Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters, uh, Lord, who have indicated that they need a special touch from the Lord. Lord, you know why they've raised their hands. You know what help they need. Lord, we ask that uh, in Jesus' name that you would supply their needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, that they would know a breakthrough this week, a turning point, a blessing. Lord, just minister to each and every one of you. I ask, Lord, that this week would be a glorious week. Perhaps we, we haven't got battles in our life, but Lord, the principles raised uh, in, in this message will do us good to, to practice even just choosing to be thankful about everything, Lord, making that a project this week, being more grateful, um, Lord, making uh, sure that we speak words of life instead of grumbling and complaining about it. Help us bring us to remembrance, Lord, when we automatically do these things that we shouldn't uh, Father, I do pray for your blessing uh, upon each and every one of us. Lord, those uh, that are physically present, those who uh, are on Zoom, or those that are watching this message on, uh, Lord, on the website, we pray that you'll, you know each and every one and bless them, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Let me give you the announcements uh, this week. Okay. Uh, I want to uh, tell you about our experience last night. We went to go and see that movie, uh, The Sound of Freedom. And uh, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I, I had quite some fear and trepidation uh, saying, saying you should see this as a film.